Hi, welcome to episode 562 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't have any guns in school. And if a grizzly bear broke in and ate a kid, well, that's just how it was. We had to deal with it. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four 562 from February 2009. Requiem by Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. So the issue begins at Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York, and they're having a funeral for Sue Richards. You know, the old Sue Richards from the year 2509 who was killed by Doctor Doom last issue. Now Hulk Jr. and his new defenders are there. They knew and were friends with old Sue, so of course they're there. But pretty much every other hero from the Marvel Universe of the year 2009 is there as well. Except Moon Knight. Sorry Moon Knight. Still waiting for that first appearance in the pages of the Fantastic Four. Maybe one day. He was in Annual 22, but still never in the actual monthly Fantastic Four comic. Oh, and the Young Avengers are there. Teenage kids. Mom, can I go to the funeral of this invisible woman from an alternate future? Yeah, great idea. It's crazy. This is not the real Sue Richards everyone knows. It's an alternate future Sue none of them have ever met. Yet everyone still shows up. Except Moon Knight. Maybe Moon Knight was invited, and he was like, that's just dumb. Sue welcomes everyone to her funeral, forgetting the fact that this is not how time travel works. This dead invisible woman came from an alternate future. This is not how the, the, the Sue of 2009 is going to die. Her life can be completely different. Nothing is written in stone. Sue, your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. Why don't they bury this Sue over on New World anyway, with the rest of her people? You know, even the Watcher shows up for this event. Can't he just watch back at his home on the moon? But you can hardly blame him. Funerals are kind of like hockey games. They're more fun in person. Reed is like, that's still Sue's body in that coffin. Yeah, but it's not your Sue, you idiot. And the new defenders are telling Sue what an honor it is to have met her and to have known her in the future. And how did Sue live to the year 2509 anyway? 500 years, that's a long time. Johnny has a chat with Cindy, the girl he was dating, who was robbing banks to help fund the secret headquarters of the new defenders. Still, that seems like a fishy excuse to me. Can't they have gotten money some other way than robbing banks? He seems to have forgiven her, and she tells him he should come visit her on New World sometime. He says he will, but his band is going on tour, so he doesn't have a lot of free time. Translation, I don't want to visit you, so I'm going to make up an excuse about touring with my shitty band. Johnny has shown zero interest in music all these decades, and suddenly, Mark Millar has him in a band? His dream is to be a race car driver, not to be in a band. So Hulk Jr. goes over to thank Reed for letting them transport their 8 billion people over to New World. And Reed tells them to thank Alyssa, who stuck her neck out to make it all happen. Wolverine of 2009 passes Wolverine of 2509, and he says, You gotta be kidding me. Don't even ask, says the older, hooded Wolverine. Didn't Mark Millar also write that old man Logan's nonsense? 
This future Wolverine is nothing like that future Wolverine. Ben is there with his beard, I mean, Ben is there with his girlfriend, the teacher Debbie, and they're going out to dinner after the funeral. Sue is crying and asks, How can you cry at your own funeral? Reed replies, How can you not? So later, at the Baxter building, Reed comes in to have a chat with his daughter, Valeria, who is being very talkative with her father now that he knows that she's a super genius. He says that even though the world wants to sentence Dr. Doom to death, Reed thinks that Doom shouldn't be executed. First of all, of all the terrible things that Dr. Doom has done, he's finally going to get punished for killing a woman from 500 years in the future. I mean, he could really say that he didn't kill Sue because, frankly, she's still alive. Valeria has something to show. That's going to be some hell. That's that's going to be one hell of a trial, by the way. Valeria has something to show her dad. She's come up with something that was inspired by watching an episode of Doctor Who. Doctor Who, by the way, always a safe show to reference in a comic book because it's never going to feel dated. So she's come up with a trailer for the Fantastic Car, which is 200 times bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. They go inside, and the inside of the trailer looks like the inside of Steven Spielberg's yacht. It's pretty amazing. Oh, and the fact that Valeria, a girl who is like three or four years old, is coming up with stuff like this? Oh, I really hate her. By the way, why do they keep this technology to themselves? If you could really invent something like this, it would completely change the world. You could fit more people in smaller spaces, the cost of living, the cost of housing would be so much cheaper in places like New York City or San Francisco, or a person living in a trailer park in who knows where could walk into their trailer and inside it, it would be like Tom Brady's mansion. So Reed tells Valeria that he's proud of her, she doesn't have to hide her super genius, and gives her a kiss. Meanwhile, poor little Franklin is making out his Christmas list, and the list has two items. Number one, superpowers like the rest of my family. And number two, a Nintendo DS. Oh, Franklin, don't get your hopes up. That Nintendo DS is hard to get. Oh, and by the way, superpowers like the rest of his family. He's got superpowers. Nobody knows what they are, but he has them. Only Reed has blocked his powers. By the way, Will he block Valeria's powers of being a super genius as well? I only wish. Did Reed also block Franklin's memories of having superpowers? He was even on a superhero team, Power Pack, for a while. Or did Mark Millar just not know that Franklin has powers? My guess is that Mark Millar didn't know. So later, at The Hague, Reed is standing in front of this big metal door, numbered number five, and he asks for some colonel, or, like I, as I like to say, Colonel, and the door, slur- the door starts to slide open. On the other side of the door, number five, is a brand new car! No, even better, it's Dr. Doom in a cell, locked up with his hands in shackles. For some reason, Brian Hitch felt the need to waste two pages drawing the scene with Dr. Doom standing there and Reed standing there. Odd choice for a two-page spread. I mean, there is a lot of detail. For example, Reed's ass is so perky and well-defined. Doom asks if Reed got the flowers for the funeral, always a classy move to kill somebody, and then send flowers. Then he asks Reed if he's really there to defend him or to gloat. First, Doom thinks it's pathetic that Reed has come to defend him, and secondly, 
Doom thinks he can get off, and he brags that he will grind Reed's skull beneath his heel most enthusiastically. Well, Doom has had many chances to do just that, but he's always failed. Out of the blue, Doom mentions his master, the man who taught him everything he knows. The master is the first supervillain, Doom says. First of all, there is no way Dr. Doom would call anybody his master. Second of all, Doom is a self-taught supervillain. Every origin of Dr. Doom we've ever seen pretty much says, oh, Doom taught himself. And now, he has a master? Oh crap, Mark Millar. No, just no. Doom says, Can't you hear him crossing the stars? His footsteps getting closer and closer. He has such plans for your humankind. An appetite for death that chills even my black heart. He cryptically mentions that it will be nine weeks. And he asks Reed if his wife can die a second time. I really hope he's just pulling Reed's leg. Back in New York, midnight, the fantastic car is flying over the city, and Ben is sharing a romantic flying bathtub ride with Debbie, the schoolteacher. She sees Avengers Tower in the distance and says, it's beautiful. Uh, no, it's not. It's the ugliest superhero headquarters ever. She sees the shield helicarrier and even Spider-Man as he swings by. She says that her life must seem very boring compared to Ben's. Ben asks if he can ask her a personal question. She thinks that she's going to ask about her ex-boyfriend, but he says his question is more important. Are you a scroll? He asks. You would think by now Reed would have scanned everyone for being a scroll, but I guess not. He asks if she's being manipulated by the puppet master, and she says that she's just an ordinary girl from Brooklyn. Yeah, emphasis on ordinary. She may be the most boring love interest of any character has had so far in the pages of the Fantastic Four, including Johnny's first girlfriend, Doris Evans, and she's pretty boring. That's good. I guess it's been so long since I met a chick like you. I had to ask and make sure first. And then he pulls out a ring! Is he asking her to marry him? Yikes! So in New York, in another dimension, we get a repeat of Doom's words from a few, from a few pages ago about his master with a cold black heart. And we see this black cloud appear over the streets of the other dimensional New York. And this bad guy's there in the shadows. It's his sidekick. He has a sidekick, I guess, an assistant. Whoever, whoever it is, his assistant says, which species should we start with this time? And the so-called master says, and we see his big nasty teeth up close, he says, humans. And that is it, to be continued. Ugh, this master character is real. I hate redcon stuff like this, I really do. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. America is a big country. America is a big idea. 
I once got a fortune cookie that said America is a place where people can invent themselves. So when I found myself making out with two girls at once at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., I knew what that fortune cookie said had been beautiful, strange, and true. Wake up to America, up to America Feel your broken heart Beating like a drum Wake up to America, up to America Even in the dark Shine for everyone America, I've been reading your history and a lot of it sounds like empire building.